Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Off the Key podcast, where we talk about music of all varieties. I'm your host Mac, and today I'm joined by my two regular co-hosts, Garrett, Very Melon, and James, Cherry. And today we are talking about the second studio album from the math rock duo Standards, based in California. The group consists of Marcos Mena on lead guitar and drummer Forrest Rice of Covet. So Standards, they're a little bit more of an obscure group, but they've come around in the past like five years, you know, starting in 2017. I actually discovered the band via their Instagram content. Now, that was back when Marcos had a different drummer. I don't remember her name exactly, but um, I was very impressed with their stuff. So I followed them and uh, they slowly but surely started releasing EPs, albums. I remember my first introduction to the band was actually their Friends EP back in 2019. My introduction to this band was actually last year on a, I'm, I mean, I'm not even going to like mince it. It was just on a Spotify math rock playlist. <laughs> Very new to the genre, but I have really enjoyed it so far. There hasn't really been a whole lot of stinkers. I was introduced, of course, by you, Mac. Thanks. Yeah, this is your uh, first introduction to Standards, right? Yeah. I think I've talked about them before with yeah, you. Yeah, you have. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Marcos Mena. Great guitarist. I mean, guitar wizard, really. Make riffs, eat hot chip. If you're wondering how they came to popularity, it was definitely through their Instagram content, like I mentioned. And they've kind of gained a cult following over the past five years due to their uniquely danceable and bright guitar-driven brand of math rock with a self-described fruity melodies alongside Marcus's guitar-based online content. He does a lot of guitar videos, kind of like Ichika Mo, if you ever watched any of his stuff very intimate with his guitar playing and i kind of like that about him he's also written a guitar book like a tutorial of like the lexicon of you know the guitar player like the things you need to know and he's very open about it. i don't like some guitarists have this they don't want to share their secrets and marcos is like the opposite he was like i want to tell you how i do everything i want to share this experience with you i, I appreciate that marcos is such a really likable and relatable guy and you can definitely get that from his instagram page you know his stories sometimes he'll talk about like what he's doing fun fact actually but my brother has met him a couple of times in california he was super likable uh even let my brother hold his own guitar look at it and check it out yeah and that honestly translates down to his music when i listen to standards projects i'm never thinking wow this is like super self-indulgent or he's just flexing or you know doing like the steve vi like Whoa, look at me. Look how cool I am. Guitar stunting. It fits in very snugly. And, and Marcos clearly has a good understanding of how to fit his sound into the style and aesthetic that he wants to create. That's exactly the impression I got from this album. And I was really impressed by that. And it's one of the main reasons why I enjoyed it so much. I will say I wouldn't call this strictly math rock. It's definitely got a lot of pop flavors they're really danceable, really groovy album. They use a lot of Latin grooves, a lot of very like exotic grooves and melodies, and it, it works really well. Like bubbly synth feels, little like old school electronic elements. This album, what it feels like, this needs to be a video game soundtrack. And in like a, an Animal Crossing esque, like Stardew Valley esque game, like real lighthearted, cartoonish game, this would fit right in. As I was listening to the album, I was picturing going on this magical summer island vacation in like a palm tree sprinkled resort town with your best buds. More or less how I felt about it. For me, it was childlike glee that permeates the album. It brings me back to my seven-year-old summers when I was hanging out with friends and, you know, smiling and eating snacks and eating fruit and 
playing around, playing video games, like 8-Bit was a perfect example of that. The album itself, it has a very like sugary bubblegum pop coating over super technical guitar playing and drumming. And it works surprisingly well, but sometimes I do think when it leans more into the like bubblegum cutesy pop direction that it does fall flat. The video game aesthetic and like cutesy pop aesthetic really comes in the middle out of the album and then the later half. It should have been a little more consistent. I would have liked maybe a little less of it. I think the first three tracks slap. They have great solos, but they have the rhythms like the repeating riffs of math rock. That's what math rock is all about. It's all about the, you know, the complex time signatures and rhythms, you know, polyrhythms and angular melodies stop starting. Marcos is able to smooth that out into a really pleasant and weirdly danceable listen. Yeah. It actually feels like there's not much of that going on. It was pretty straightforward through most of the album. Like most of the songs were very more simple than most math rock is. And that's a good point you bring up, James, because there is kind of this modern movement going on right now in the math rock space of bands adopting more pop sensibilities and traditional song structures with like catchy melodies and even some vocals here and there. You know, some good examples I can think of are bands like Covet, Chon, Delta Sleep, Origami Button, Polyphia, Trico. All of these bands have tried to maintain that math rock technicality but with a traditional song structure and sound. yeah it's almost like that core math rock is more of a flourish than it is a building block and they are more accessible to just the average listener who just wouldn't be familiar with the genre at all another thing that stands out to me about the sound in this album especially the guitar playing i've heard this in pretty much all the math rock songs that you've played for me mac the use of harmony is very, very poignant. If it's only one guitar, there's going to be two tracks of guitars. I think that's the case with this album. On one track, he's playing at a lower octave or a, a lower uh, note or chord. On another track, he's playing at a higher one, and it creates this harmony during the song. And for both those different parts, he's actually playing two different guitars, and throughout the songs he's keeping the same general tone but he's tweaking it and modifying yeah. it ever so yeah. slightly he's playing a really a guitar company that i've never even seen before uh, aristides t0 and his other guitar is actually a music man it's saint vincent and it, it sounds like he's playing these crazy chords when in reality he's almost playing one chord with two guitars and it creates a fuller sound being a two-piece man a math duo this is a really busy album He's just that good of a guitarist, man. And being concise. He knows how to try different things, but keep it in the scope of the album and in the scope of the sound that he wants to create. I really like the fruity, bubbly aesthetic of standards in general. It's very refreshing. You know, a lot of math rock bands are very like, oh, you know, full of themselves. A lot of math rock bands and math rock members tend to be a bit insufferable. Well, math rock, the term actually started as kind of derogatory. Yeah. But then new bands kind of like took it in stride, you know, wore it as a badge. Like, yeah, so we like to get, we, we get a little complex around here. Unless you're Polvo, who disavowed the term. Generally speaking, I actually enjoyed most of the tracks here. Opening run, you know, Smile, Cloudberry, Cherry. I actually think some of the best guitar work comes from Cherry in particular. Marcus's tapping on Cloudberry is insane. Yeah, it's super infectious the riffs and oddly danceable melodies. But yeah, Cloudberry, Coconut is a B 
big standout for me. Big bomb. Yeah, it's my favorite track. That Latin groove comes in, real bouncy, and that killer feature from Nate Sherman from Floral at the end. Fantastic. So Forrest Rice, the drummer, this guy can play, seriously play. His sense of timing is perfect. His syncopation is just absurd. <laughs> it's He sounds like a heavier J.D. Beck. Just the gut-busting fills that he does in all of these songs. I love it. And it does lean into that comparison a little bit because he's also working with the drum machine, you know, in, yeah. in unison. So that kind of gives it that vibe. Some math rock bands kind of lean into that progressive side more and they can get a little a little too self-indulgent, make it a little too chaotic. Now, there are bands that really try to blur the line between that progressive rock and the, the more modern math rock. Standards does not do that. Standards is, is that, that new wave of they're just keeping it pop-oriented, very dance-rock-oriented, and they're giving it that sheen of kind of like bubblegum video game-esque. They fall snugly into that math-pop category that I was talking about earlier. A lot of fans of math rock have also noticed this wave and dubbed it math-pop, and I think it's a fitting I genre so tag. Too. Where I think the album falls short is when it leans too hard into the sugary, cutesy, bubblegum pop stuff. Snack, for example. I was not a fan of that song. Honestly, it sounded like it would be the intro to a really cutesy, small children's show. It still had a great groove, though. It was one of the most danceable songs it, on the album. It was a cute groove. It was almost disgustingly sweet. And, and you know, I don't have a problem with pop music, but it was like almost too cutesy to the point that I just want to throw up. <laughs> I think Cosmic Dream is around where it really shifted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely where the pop tone starts to yeah. take over. And I don't have a problem with them leaning more into a pop arena, but when I come to bands like Standards, I still want that technicality. I kind of wanted more of that on this album, but not enough to ruin the yeah. whole overall yeah. theme and aesthetic of the album. And that's kind of where the shortcomings lie. I also felt the same way about Bubble Bath. I was actually surprised looking online how many fans of Standards didn't care for Cosmic Dream, just didn't like the vocals, and was like kind of like the... I thought it was solid. Kind of like the get off my, get these vocals off my math rock lawn. Math rock as a whole, it's not super weird for math rock bands to have vocalists or, and vocals, but most of the time they are definitely a backseat. They're just kind of treated as another instrument, as a piece of the whole. They're not yeah, way forward not in the, the mix. They're not focused on. The, the lyrics are just, just kind of there. This song was very refreshing because it fit very well. So I didn't hate her voice or anything. No, yeah. I actually thought it was great. It still kind of falls into that cheesy, cutesy category. Yeah, but, but this is, to me, the most enjoyable song of that yeah. section. I just didn't think it was the best standards has ever put out. I'm welcome vocals in math rock songs other bands have done it i mean look at ttng one of the hallmarks of the math pop genre they have a great vocalist and introspective songwriting you know about heartbreak and all this other stuff over these crazy math rock instrumentals so it's possible it can definitely be done putting vocals to math rock i mean i've seen some of the weirdest most jagged dissonant post-rock bands have vocals that fit somewhat. A lot of the Midwest emo bands that kind of take a little bit from that math rock sound. Yeah, like, like Farkay. Yeah, and they borrow enough from math rock, and they still do it very 
very well. I encourage it. Yeah, I'd love to hear more vocals on future standards projects. Another weakness for me was while I really enjoyed listening to a lot of the fills that the drummer was doing, some of them did get a little bit much for me. Some of the drum fills are a little ridiculous. <laughs> they don't really fit with the song that well. I like in Coconut, there's one point where he just an insane drum fill for like eight measures. Cut that in half and it's perfect. It's like when you make your guitar you, solo too long. You got to be able to fit in the pocket a little bit, which is a weird thing to say for math rock, but <laughs> there's like almost no pocket at all. Where's the pocket? <laughs> I can't find my pocket. <laughs> oh. But there is a pocket. They just made it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the pocket, the real friends with a pocket we made along the way. <laughs> That, to me, is one of the great things about this album because there's plenty of pocket there. Sometimes Forrest just went a little wild. I actually don't mind it. That's one of my favorite things about math rock is when everyone's going wild, that real chaotic, insane energy with those super mm. angular riffs and melodies. And that's probably one of my favorite things about math rock. But here, like, I, mm. I get it, definitely, because you know they're kind of going for like a real feel-good, happy, upbeat mood while still laying down some sick you know, math rock riffs, grooves, and melodies but I feel like they cut it back a lot on this album. So mm. I didn't mind a little bit of showmanship. It's one thing if you're playing a solo or an extended open bit of space in the song, but there were times where he would just be playing these insane fills while Marcus was going wild on guitar at the same time. It's valid criticisms, but also kind of nitpicked. I, I, overall, I really enjoy this album. I thought oh, it was yeah. very concise and very well put together. I do really like the closing tracks, though. Melon, 8-Bit, and Acai are all bangers. bangers. Yep. Acai is another great example of Marcos's great technicality and guitar work. Melon, I just really, really enjoyed the, the feel of that song. Got really reverbed, echoey guitars kind of on the end of the track. I think this is a solid project to introduce somebody to math rock. I kind of said the same thing about Elephant Gym, and they do fall into that category more, but I would not call them a math pop band. I would call them more like a math rock jazz fusion. Yeah, they've got band. a lot. They're very jazzy. A lot of the early toe that you showed me, like a lot of that Japanese math rock gets very Incredibly jazzy. jazzy yeah. And also there's a ton of Japanese rock bands that steal a lot of things from math rock. I'll be listening to some Japanese rock, and then I just kind of get in the mood for math rock. And if I start to listen to it, it transitions seamlessly because they borrow so much from each other. I've noticed Japanese guitarists really like that tapping, like angular riff style and melody style. I can't get enough of it, honestly. How'd you guys feel about Fruit Town? So Fruit Town is a very good entry point for math rock, especially if you're coming from pop or classic rock or even progressive rock. This is a very, very good entry point. I feel like it's a kind of a natural progression to go from progressive rock to math rock because math rock is kind of born out of the whole prog scene. Yeah, at King least, Crimson and Rush, you know, yeah, those guys. Yeah, at least partially. This album does a really great job of being very accessible. It just sounds wonderful. Besides that and the criticism I had about the overzealous fills, this is a very, very well-together well-paced project. I want to give it an 8 out of 10. At first, I thought you guys would rank this album lower than I did because I was actually pretty high on this album going in. I think it's very concise. I think it delivers an atmosphere that is kind of rare in rock. 
even even like pop rock and like dance rock, just that that very video game esque bubblegum, efficiently fusing that aesthetic with technical rock is not the easiest of tasks, but they did it very well. They show off their technical prowess and music ability. These tracks are easy to digest, but they have little things and little pockets of of showmanship and you know solos to, that you can really enjoy. There's something for everybody. I think that definitely applies here. This is a great entry point if you're curious about math rock and you want something that's accessible and you don't want to just get into super progressive stuff. Yeah, it could be a little much to take in at once, but Fruit Town is not like that. It is very accessible, and some people will use that as a derogatory statement, like, oh, super accessible, like, it's easy, it's simple, but no. And I think this is an 8.5 out of 10. I'll be a little harsher on the album. I And it's not because I don't like it. I actually think it's fantastic. I thought it leaned slightly too hard into the pop sound. There were several points where, you know, the sugary sweet sound and production of Fruit Town became too much. It was like having a big bowl of candy and eating the whole thing in one sitting is the best way I could describe it. I think it's an incredibly smooth and easy listen. Some of the tracks miss the mark for going in too far into a sugary pop direction. But overall, I think the band toes the line between pop production and math rock sensibilities quite well. I'm glad I listened to it. I love the band, and I think you should too. I look forward to what the band has in store in the future. And I'm going to go ahead and give this a 7.5 out of 10. Great project. You should check it out. Especially if you're curious about math rock and want something with a little more of an accessible, easy listening experience. So, any final thoughts, guys? Nope. Alrighty. Well, this is Off The Key Podcast, and we're out of here. Thanks, guys. Do you have, like, a big, your cream of the crop top shelf math rock projects? Like how we said we gave our, like, for trip hop, it'd be like, Tricky's Max and K, yeah, Dummy, and... K, dummy. and Mezzanine. Mezzanine. I'd put um, Blue Line. Blue Lines. Yeah, actually, there's some pretty good bars on that album. I, I would put it up there, too. That's a classic. Um, uh, for me, it'd probably be like Animals by TTNG. Does that Not stand for something? Or huh? Is that just... This town needs guns. Oh. Yeah. They go by TTNG now. I thought their uh, original name was too violent. TTNG is kind of like the first real like math pop band. They're, they're they're super technical. They literally have a song in twenty two and a half by over eight times the exist. And I'm just like, what in the actual fuck? Hey everybody, Mac here, and I just wanted to give a shout out to Lacrembo for the intro and outro music. Also, check out our link tree for where to follow us. We are on Instagram and Facebook and a variety of streaming platforms. And if you could give us a sub or a listen or even a follow, it'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. See you later.